Hey, Cowboy Junction, good to see everybody. Welcome, welcome. So glad you're here. Everybody on our online campus, so glad you're joining us today for the Young Men of the Juvenile Detention Center. Welcome. I really have a message for you today. And listen, I need you guys to lean in. It's, it's, it, you need to hear this, okay? But you guys need to hear it too. Can you help me welcome all the Young Men of the Juvenile Detention Center? Today is an exciting day at Cowboy Junction. We are closing with the end of the year mess or end of the year offering. Excuse me. This is the offering that once a year we pause, we stop, and instead of doing a bunch of offerings, building fund offering, um, a basketball court for the youth group offering, um, JCA playground offering, we stop and we pause and we do one end of the year offering. And there's envelopes in your seat. And we have been talking for the last four weeks, encouraging you to just go home and pray. What does God want you and your family to do? And I'm believing. I've believed and, and prayed and prayed. I've done all that I know to do to pray and believe God that he has spoke to you, that you're obedient and you're prepared. Okay? Because today is the day. And if, if, if right now, if, you're, if you need to give online, you can go to the Cowboy Junction app or cowboyjunctionchurch.com, giving, and you're going to find a link there. This is end of the year offering, and you can give online. That's all going to be done at the end. You can get it ready right now. We're going to pray over it. We're going to ask you to stand here at the end of the message. We're going to, families are going to hold it together, and we're going to pray over it. I'm, I'm going to pray a blessing over it. And it, then in a couple weeks, I'm going to come and tell you how it was. And this is an exciting time in our year. And then we, from there we get to move on to Thanksgiving and Christmas. How about that? Is there anybody ready for Thanksgiving and Christmas? Okay, if, if, you're, if you're more prone to Thanksgiving, give me a grunt. If you're more prone for Thanksgiving or for Christmas, give me a grunt. Really? Christmas people? Who could care less? Give me a grunt. Oh, you Scrooge. Scrooge. <laughs> hey, but today... We are in a series called 10,000 Minutes, and today is the last and final message in this series. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about, but we need to pray. So would you join me in prayer? Jesus, we love you. We honor you. We worship you. We just got through singing. We just got in, in, through inviting you to come build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. We're your church. We're your church. So, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, come. Only you can touch the heart of a man. Only you can touch the spirit. Holy Spirit, would you show us our Father's heart and come change our heart? We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this series, 10,000 Minutes, has been a little bit of a long one. Because we had a bunch of different things that we did extra. And I told you at the beginning that it would be a fun month. And for me it was. We got to learn how to go be a neighbor. Everybody, shortest sermon ever in Cowboy Junction history. I turned to the entire congregation. We got through worshiping, singing. I prepared you. I told you, get ready, find a neighbor so that you can go be a blessing. And then I turned and said, Cowboy Junction, it's time to go neighbor with Jesus. And you all went out and um, God, pff, that was fun. Don't you think that was fun? 
I got to mow my mom's grass. And the next Monday, there were visitors on Monday night. I just turned to them and said, can I take y'all out to eat? And I got to take them out to eat. That was fun. I had a blast. Then we had pumpkin palooza. That was fun, right? Pumpkins, you bunch of pumpkin heads. I just love pumpkin time at Cowboy Junction. It's fun. But there's been some really interesting things we've talked about. Number one, we've talked about what does it look like to be a good neighbor. Number two, we've talked about what does it look like to be with Jesus being a neighbor. And what does it look like to be with Jesus in regards to our body? We talked about what is it like to, be, to walk with Jesus when it comes to your soul and also the same thing when it comes to your spirit. And we talked about if we can walk with Jesus with our spirit, it will heal our soul, it will lead our bodies, and we will be people who can love God and love people, and there are no limits to what we can do. But today, I wanted to kind of let you in on some pastoral conversations that I've been having behind the scenes with, with my pastor friends because they have been very curious about what this 10,000 minutes has been like with Cowboy Junction. And, and for those that are, you haven't been here in a while, maybe this is your first time here, you have 10,080 minutes in your week. And if you go to church, you spend about 80 minutes in church, that leaves 10,000 minutes to go live life. And as a Christian, one of the things that we're tempted to do is to do things for Jesus, and that's not what he wants. He wants us to do life with Jesus, okay? So this with Jesus thing is something we've been embracing both body, spirit, and soul, and in the world we live in with our neighbors. And I thought I'd give you some interesting statistics. These are things that if we're going to be good at with Jesus people, okay, and I, I think that's why you're here. I think on a day like today when it's foggy and it's cool, it's rainy, you've had football games you've gone to, you've got different things you've got going on, there is a pull to stay home and sit by the fire. But you're here, and I'm glad you're here because we want to live life with Jesus, so let me show you some things behind the scene pastors talk about. And one of the things that, that we kind of communicate about is, did you know that after a 10-minute presentation, just a 10-minute presentation, don't get used to that because you know I'm not going to do that. But after a 10-minute presentation, listeners only remember, okay, stop, stop, stop. So you go to a class or you go to a study or you sit in a message like today, how much do you remember after your presentation. Just, just think about well, percentage-wise, how much do you think you remember? Let, let's start off like this. From your seat to your vehicle, how much do you, there's already people laughing. There's already, how much do you think you remember? And this is very important. Don't miss this because if we don't address this, because we're going to be talking about doing 10,000 minutes with Jesus, but how much do we even remember from being with our brothers and sisters in the Lord and the Word of God shaping us in our body, our soul, and our spirit to be the people that he's called us to be. Statistics tell us that from your seat to your car, you only remember 50% of what you've heard. Okay? That's not bad. That's pretty good. I mean, let me, let me ask you this. 
If your wife sent you to the grocery store, <laughs> y'all know where I'm going with that? Yeah. Would she think you did good? Uh, wives. Let's, let's, let's ask them. If you sent your husband to the grocery store and only got 50% of it right, did he do good? Really? Okay. There you go. We've got an honest woman in the back. There you go. Okay, so this is interesting. This is okay. So we spent weeks and weeks and weeks talking about we're going to do life with Jesus. But sitting here, we only can remember 50% from our seat to, to our vehicle. But then what about the next day? So you wake up in the morning, statistics tell us by the next day, this percentage has dropped off to 25%. 25%. But the next week, here's what's fun as a pastor. If you turn to the people who you know were there last week and say, hey, can you remember what I talked about, like my kids? What did I preach on? Did you know that you can only remember a week later 5 to 10%? And see, this is an issue. Here we are in this series, and we're wrapping it up today. But I thought this would be a fascinating conversation because we can be intentionally invested and can actually be bankrupt on the content that we can remember. I'm not leaving it here, though. This is going to be healthy conversation. Because I began to look at what can we do as God's people to remember the things that God talks to us about. Did you know that 10 to 20% is remembered when you begin to write down in note form and reread it throughout the week? If you take notes in church, you are being a good steward of the Word of God. If you can write down and write down some of the things that you know, this spoke to me and this spoke to me and he used this scripture and this scripture I need to go back and investigate. To not sit there with your arms crossed and say, I shall not be moved, but to be, be willing to write down because you value, you value, you value things. There's a parable in the Bible that says that a, a, a woman had 10 gold coins and one day she looked and she only had nine. She flipped the whole house upside down and she, she, she cleared the whole house out until she found that one gold coin. Now, some would tell her, you've got nine. What do you got to worry about? Forget the one. And she went after the one because she knew its value. And how many of us would say, I got it pretty good. But would you go after that small of a percentage to get the meat that you need to remember? Just 10%, 10 to 20% increase in remembering just by taking notes and reading it throughout the week. 20 to 30% if the pastor uses an illustration or has a demonstration. Okay? Heather's always telling me, we've got to have illustrations. Heather's always telling me, use illustrations. I love your illustrations. The problem is, man, you've got to think of them. So I'm doing my best, folks, okay? And, and, and if I had an illustration, you, you kind of remember the illustration. One of the reasons why we use this teaching screen up here is so that we can have a point of reference. And a water cooler moment for our church has been one of the most successful things. Instead of going home memorizing and thinking about six or seven points, 
to narrow it down to if you can remember this one thing, you've remembered the whole message. So we're working on our, our end. So these are the be things that we're working on our end. But what about your end? Did you know that from your seat to the parking lot, you only remember 50%, but the other 50% you're able to hold on to if you just discuss it in a group? Your comprehension of the message comes back to you. You have an aha moment when someone brings up, I remember what he said about such and such scripture. I remember what God, how God spoke to me about it. And you go, oh my gosh, he did say that. Just discussing it with a group improves your memory 50%. And if you begin to then practice what you've heard, if you begin to go find a neighbor and love them, if you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to feed your spirit, heal your soul, and then lead your body, you begin to retain 75%. But I'm about to show you the most staggering statistic for me as a leader. And this is fun. This is encouraging. This is the stuff that I dig and I love because we are going to be people who are with Jesus. Okay? So if you struggle remembering things, if you struggle, if you've heard the devil tell you in your head, you're not very smart. You've got a learning disability. Oh, you listen to me right now. I think there's some practices God wants you to begin to use on a practical level in your life that will have some amazing repercussions in your faith, in your faith, in your faith walk with Jesus. Are you ready? Adults. Retain 90% of what they learn if they teach it to someone else and have immediate application of what they've learned. Hmm. 90%. If they have a group of people that they've learned to teach, be with someone, and have immediate application, how are we going to walk this out? 90%. Now, see, as a pastor, this is, this is the stuff I love. I love sitting in my office and discussing with other pastors how to make it easier for us to absorb. Instead of being hard-hearted, instead of having weeds that are choking out the bread of life, the seed of life in us, instead of having distractions in life that is constantly choking out life, being good soil and, and producing a, six, a 30, 60, 100-fold return, what would it look like to see people just get it? So this series, 10,000 Minutes, has been fun for me. Because it's caused us all to look at this spirit, soul, body, and to live life with the people that we're around. And what are we doing with those 10,000 minutes with Jesus? And so I think if I had to kind of put it together, not in, this isn't the water cooler moment. There'll be a water cooler moment at the end. We're going to do the end of the year offering. What if, okay, I want to throw you guys a what if. Are you ready for the what if? I can see you're all reaching for your notes. You're writing this down. This is great, okay. Here's another idea. Get your phone out and take a picture. Take a picture of what I'm about to show you, okay. Here's a what if. What if we all, what, what if we all, we need a group of friends to discuss, teach, and help live what we learn. What if we all had 
a group of friends to discuss with our group of friends, hey, this weekend, let's all get together. I've been, I've been thinking about just inviting everybody over. And, and, and there's a lot of things we could talk about. We could talk about politics. <laughs> okay. We could talk about Tatum politics. Okay, that was, too, that was too soon. Never mind. Let's just talk. We'll edit that one out. Okay. We could talk about football. We could talk about baseball. But every time I talk about these things, it's like my spirit is still longing for something deeper. What if we just got a group of friends together that discussed what we learned at church? What if it wasn't even church? What if it was, I've got this great Bible study. I've got this great study. If we could just sit down and discuss it. What if, what if we took turns teaching it? And there's some people in the room like, I'm out. No, no, no. Didn't you see a minute ago that discussing it is really good? But what if it's your weekend? And it's your weekend to turn to the group and lead the discussion. You just don't know what it would do for your soul to put you into that faith department to where you would have to pray, believe God, study a little bit more, sit down and present some amazing things that God showed you in your spirit to feed their spirit. What if you could put a group of friends together that could discuss, teach, and then just kind of help live? As iron sharpens iron, just to help live what we learn. You could call it accountability. I really don't like the word accountability. I just kind of like that one strand is is easy to break, two is harder to break, three is almost impossible to break. For a three-strand cord is, is, is unbreakable. And what if it was just a group of people that you could just monitor each other's and yourself in this with Jesus. I'm just throwing you ideas today. You know, I always think about the first century church. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. The question I have is what did, what was it like after Jesus died, rose again, came back, showed all these hundreds of people the scars on his hand, the, 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 the split in his side, the nails in his feet. He walked with them for 40 days, talked with them. People got to see him. Their faith was encouraged. And then he turns and says, I'm going to be with the Father. And yet the Holy Spirit is going to come be with you. And the ascension took place. And Jesus goes to heaven and leaves them with these words. And these, these are basically the words they were now going to go build a church on. They, they asked him, teacher, what's the greatest commandment in law? You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the laws of the prophets. So as a church, there's two things you want to do. Love the Lord with all your heart and go love your neighbor. And so now Jesus ascends into heaven. Holy Spirit comes and fills them. And they're off. If you've ever read the book of Acts, if you have your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This is what you're reading when you read this. The kickoff of what we know as the ecclesia, the small group church. 
A church of believers who begin with something small and it turns into something big. And now they're stepping out and this is our story, folks. If you call yourself a Christian, if you like church, this is your roots. Listen closely. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayers. Time out. Just soak that up. The beginning brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ devoted themselves to the apostles of Jesus and their teachings. And the men who walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus and were led by the Holy Spirit to then go spiritually feed this fledgling church built the church. And they did it by coming together often, breaking bread, and you got to love that. that that's, that's two things there. Number one, they took communion. And number two, they got the grub on. They ate together. They talked together. They laughed together. They shared their victories together. They shared their heartbreak together. It was a group of people devoted to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to eating together, and praying for each other. But I like to read on. So what happened when all these things began to take place? This devoted themselves, apostles, all these things. It says, and awe. Have you guys, let's do that together. Awe. Let's do it again. Awe. Just the awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. From all these people coming together and building a community, their souls were healed. Wonders, signs, and miracles took place. All being done through the apostles. Verse 24. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. It's like funny, when you start thinking about getting together with a group of people, you think about why we can't do it because we're so different. And you think about the people you invite, but then re you remember that they've got that weird kid. <laughs> and then and, and, you know, their, their kids are so little and they're just gonna be loud. And, and then you end up canceling the whole thing because it's just, we don't have anything in common. And yet what you see in the ecclesia, the first church, was they had Jesus as their center and everything else fit together. How much everything else? Let me show you how much common they came together and figured out what the most importance were in doing life with Jesus. It says it started off with they began to sell their possessions and belongings and, 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 and distributing the proceeds to all as many who had need. Now that makes people nervous, but it's, I'm not trying to get you to sell everything you have. I'm trying to show you the vision of them coming together and doing life with Jesus to the point that even what they had didn't matter anymore because everything they did have was the one who mattered most. And day by day, attending to the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, 
They received their food with glad and generous hearts. Meaning the food they received as they shared it amongst each other, as they found this incredible community, their hearts didn't sink. Their hearts were grateful. And their generosity even went further as their gratitude for what God was doing in this small group of brothers and sisters in the Lord began to establish what we know as the church. As they walked with Jesus and he fed their spirit, he healed their soul, he built their body and told them what to do and they became the brothers and sisters in the Lord who were great neighbors and people came and watched and then were invited to be in this family. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? This has been a fun series for me, but I'll tell you, you've made me really nervous. And the reason that you've made me nervous is because I... I wonder sometimes if we get it, but we just don't get it. And one great example is I asked everybody on Love Your Neighbor Sunday to let's, so this is the week before, pick somebody, pick anybody. Let the Holy Spirit put somebody on your heart because next week, we're all going to go love our neighbor. Go mow somebody's grass. Go pay for somebody's groceries. Go be a neighbor. And I make you a promise. I told you a promise. I'm going to preach the shortest sermon in Cowboy Junction history. Just pray. Who do I need to go be a neighbor to with you, Jesus? The next week came along. Our church generally runs about 1,000 people. There was 500 people who showed up that weekend. And it was no big deal. It was funny. It, it was Columbus Day. So that might have been an issue. I didn't know there was so many Columbia-yodio-yodio people <laughs> in, this, in this church. And, 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 and I walked in. And I, it was like, it is the lowest service attended at Cowboy Junction this year. I was having a discussion with a good friend of mine. And he said, Ty. Did, what did you learn? In fact, let me just tell you, my pastor, Pastor Lynn, he called me and said, how did Love Your Neighbor Sunday go? And I said, it was the worst Sunday we've had so far. And he was busting up laughing. He goes, well, you're just at the point to where you think you're a good pastor. Turns out you're not that good after all, huh? Like, great, you're my pastor. Thank you so much. I, he said, what are you going to do? He said, I bet you won't do that again. I said, no. The reality is, I don't think we really know how to neighbor. If you turn to people and say, we're going to go love our neighbor next weekend, they'll actually find something else to do. Now, you might have been out of town. That's okay. I'm, not, I'm laughing about this. This isn't guilt trip Sunday, okay? <laughs> this is funny. So I turned to my pastor, Pastor Lynn, and I said, nope, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it next year again. 
I'm going to come out. I'm going to preach the shortest sermon ever. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it needs to be the longest sermon ever. And then we go love our neighbor. No, and we're going to spend, no, we're just going to be the shortest. Well, and what if we did it again next year? What if we gave the devil a black eye? What if we just said, okay, last year I didn't get it, but this whole year I've been learning how to walk with Jesus. And next year we're just going to do it again. And so I've wondered, do we get the concept of doing life with Jesus? And, and that's what today's message is about. I'm going to be really honest with you. And now I'm going to wrap this message up. And we're going to take the end of the year offering. And there's a certain song that I want to sing to close out this series. Okay? But I have done all I know how to do as a pastor. I'm the dude with the food. All week, me and Jesus, we've just been crafting and making, baking, putting together, putting on the tray. Come out on Sunday, set it before you and say, thou shalt eateth. <laughs> right? Okay. So now I'm going to do something I don't know if I've ever done with you before. I'm going to ask for your help. Because I can't do anything else. I can talk about being with Jesus for 10,000 minutes with your spirit, soul, body to be the person that God's called you to be to neighbor well. But I think there's something missing in our church that I don't know what or how to do it. For the young man at the juvenile detention center, fortunately, you've already got what I'm trying to do here. And you'll, you'll go with me here in a minute. We need small groups. Now for the young man that juvenile is innocent, I don't want everybody to go to prison, okay? But you've got something special and I've heard all about it in your prison situation. You have a group of young men who have learned how to get along, pray together, believe together, study together, share your victories, share your defeats, and your faith in God has grown, and I don't think you realize how special God is moving in your situation. I know you want out. I know you send prayer requests saying, pray for my trial, pray for my hearing, pr pray for my, my pray that I, I get to go home and, and do my community service. I know you're praying to get out, and for some of you it doesn't happen, but if I could get from my heart to your heart, you're right where you're supposed to be. Because there's something special in the ecclesia that's taking place where you're at right now. Now think about if you go home, is the same faith building relationships there that is where you're at right now? Don't miss what God's doing in the small group that he has you in. It's very kingdom. But for you guys, your freedom might just be the very thing that isn't allowing your faith to meet together, to compare notes, to teach, to pray for each other. And I'm praying that this church start seeing the need for God's people to start meeting together regularly. You 
you need friends. You need people to surround you. You need people who are brave souls to engage in conversations about what you're learning about Christ. You can pray together. You can, you can track each other's faith. How's your intimacy with God going? Um, what's going on in your life? What's your wins? What's your losses? How can we help you? Let's be real together. Let's, let's honestly be real together. Let's keep showing up. Let's all of us join in. Let's eat. Let's make sure we eat and eat well. But what would that small group of friends look like? Now let me tell you, we've tried to do small groups here. And the thing that really killed it was the COVID years. You can imagine. It's hard to get a group of people. It's hard to build people and, and have them over to your house. Let me just tell you one of the, you know what, what makes getting people together one of the bad things? Some people are weird. Yeah, some people are just weird. Some kids are weird. Personalities are a big deal. What if we just push all that aside for a minute? Do you have people in your life that you just need to make time and say, Hey, do you guys want to come over Wednesday? Hey, do you guys want to come over on Wednesday? And then you're going to have to start being intentional. Now that you got everybody coming over on Wednesday, you normally just break out the alcohol. You normally just break out the, 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 the games. You normally just start breaking out the movies or the gossip. What if you sat down with Holy Spirit and said, God, I don't want my flesh to mess up something that is truly going to be a game changer for my family. And what if you allowed Holy Spirit to take what you're learning and put it in conversation form and just shoot for 10 to 15 minutes? Pastor Ty used Acts chapter 2. What if we read it as a group and just talked about what it must have been like? Or we came back the next week and talked about Acts chapter 3. Pastor Ty is always talking about reading the book of John and getting the rhythm of Jesus. And what if we just continued to meet together? What if we got to Starbucks together? What if we met at, at McDonald's? What, what, if, what, if, what if we FaceTimed each other? And we sat down and we read the book of John together. What if we began to compare notes? What if we talked about how the Holy Spirit was dealing with me on a certain part of what I was reading? And what if we took the 10,000 minutes and took some of those minutes to build a community of faith? What if? And now my water cooler moment. If you got a phone, you may want to take a picture of this. And here's, if you don't remember anything, if you can remember this, I think you're going to get it. Guys, don't wait for someone to build you a kingdom community. Don't wait for somebody else to invite you. Don't wait for your church to get echo groups going again. Don't wait for something that you can just look and see. You need a group of friends. And it may be you and a friend. And then God adds another friend. And God adds another friend. It may start small, but it will have life 
life-changing effects to your spirit, your soul, your body, and the person that lives out there in those 10,000 minutes. I'm telling you. So, I think you should find a place to meet. Do it regularly. Pray together. And don't, don't pray for like, my sister just got, you know, in trouble. You don't, we don't need gossip prayer time, okay? Officially right now, I ban in this church any gossip prayer time, okay? I don't need to know your neighbor's business. I don't want to know. I don't want to know if your first and second cousin are sick. I don't even know them. They don't live in our community. Bless them. You pray for them. But I want to pray for your faith. I want to pray for your relationship with Jesus. I want to pray that God removes the dross. And, and God, I pray that you remove the dross in this group. I pray that you remove the distractions in this group. I pray that you sharpen us. Keep our focus on you. Give us the mind of Christ to think what you think, want what you want, do what it is you've called us to do. We all seal this in the blood of Jesus. We love you. Amen. How about that? Now, if I offended you about you coming to me and telling me about pray for your cousin, I'm praying for your cousin. I'm just not interested in gossip prayer circles anymore. We need to embrace each other's hard times, celebrate good times, discuss the teachings, and don't forget to break bread together. Now, if you pay attention, in the background, Phil's been playing this song that's been on my heart for five weeks. Anybody know this song? All to Him, my blessed Savior, I surrender. Oh, for five weeks I've been praying this song over you guys. For five weeks I come into this auditorium and I just sing it. I can't sing a lick, so I just make a joyful noise to the Lord. I've walked up and down these aisles, I don't know how many times in the last five weeks, praying that you would finally surrender to the voice that's been talking in your ear and that I would surrender as well. And can I turn to you and say that lonely is not part of God's plan for your life. You gotta drop your insecurities, you gotta drop your fears, you gotta quit being so picky too. You need to call them up, you need to say, you don't even go to Cowboy Junction, but you're the only Christian friend I got. When can we get together and just allow iron to sharpen iron? And he will speak to your spirit. He will heal your soul. He will lead your body. And you will be the better neighbor that will love your neighbor people will see Jesus in you. So let's just take a minute. Let's just sit in our seat. What are we going to do next? Are we going to be the 5% that just from, the, from here to the parking lot, we've already forgot 50%. 25 by tomorrow. Come to remember 10 to 15% a week from now. Is that the people we're going to be? Or is it time to make a move? Church, let's just sing.